You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, have you ever wondered how I generate thousands of inbound leads per year using LinkedIn? Well, this episode is sponsored by my guide, The Ultimate Guide to Generating Inbound Leads with LinkedIn. This is the definitive guide on how to consistently generate inbound leads using LinkedIn and social selling. So if you want a copy of that guide, just send a text to 44222 with the word L-I guide, all one word, L-I guide to 44222, or you can go to my website at askdennisbrown.com forward slash guide. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Blue Melnick, and he runs Sage Event Management with his wife, Bari Baumgartner. And Sage specializes in helping speakers, authors, and influencers leverage the live and virtual event platforms to launch a seven-figure coaching business in three days or less. In the last 30 days, Sage has been transitioning clients from his live in-person events to virtual live events with incredible results. Over the years, he's helped his clients generate over $400 million in sales. And today he's here. Welcome to the show, Blue. Thanks, Dennis. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, thank you. Very interesting. You know, it's timely what's going on right now. A lot of people, it's funny because I just had released an episode with a gentleman by the name of Matt Sweetwood where we're talking about the power and importance of reinvention, right? Reinventing yourself. And there's a lot of people in the workplace that are reinventing themselves. There's a lot of entrepreneurs that are reinventing themselves. There's a lot of products and services that are reinventing themselves. And and I think this kind of goes similar to that because obviously your business was live events. So tell us a little bit about how you got into that and then what's going on with this whole transition due to COVID corona. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. As a live event business, There are days right now, or well, there were days in March where I felt like I didn't really have a business. We've been in business for about 16 years. My wife started the business, you know, out of a spare bedroom in her house, and it has grown over the years. I married into it in 2008, and we started focusing on the small business, speakers, authors, entrepreneur market, similar to your audience, actually, and started helping them with strategic advice. SAGE actually stands for Strategic Advice for Growing Events. And that's gone great. We have had a good amount of success, like you mentioned. But of course, March 13th hits and everything changes, right? Trump declares a national emergency and we're like, okay, we're a live event business. We can't do live events. What do we do? And we tried to, do, we really only had two choices. You could, you could shut down, which is what most event companies are doing, lay off everybody, furlough people, so on and so forth. Or you could pivot and see if you can do something different. And I come from a video production background. We've been live streaming portions of live events or full live events for a long time. And I said to Barry, I think there's a chance that we can try something different, create an experience that people aren't having right now when it comes to virtual. Because when it comes to virtual, most people are doing it wrong and give people the same results and in some cases better than what they were doing in person. So our pivot started and we reached out to a couple of clients who, you know, their events were canceled as a result of stay-at-home orders or limitations on gatherings and so on and so forth. 
And to our, our first client, we said, hey, you want to give this a try? <laughs> because it really was that. It was a giant experiment, right? And he said, yes, fortunately. And we had some amazing numbers. You know, when he was in person, he had 300 people that were in attendance that were registered. 10 days, sorry, more like 20 days before the live event happened, event gets canceled. He sends out an email and says, hey, we're going virtual. Same dates. It's going to be awesome. Tells everybody who's in attendance, but then reopens registration to the rest of his list. And he wound up with 1,200 people registered for his live event because friction to come to a live event is plane, hotel, meals, etc. Virtual, I get to stay at home. I don't have any of those costs. So he wound up with 1,200 people at his live event, four times the amount of attendees. And last year for the same event, he generated about $600,000 in revenue, approximately. This year, they generated over $720,000 in revenue. So same client, year over year, 20% increase in gross revenue. But the really cool part and the thing that I think I'm most excited about for our clients is the cost was so much less. So your profit is way higher on a virtual event that generates the same or more in revenue, which was, that's kind of exciting for all of us, right? Yeah, I love that. And so just if you haven't garnered what we're going to talk about today, guys, here's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about exactly what Blue just laid out, which is how virtual live events are outperforming live in-person events in every way. He just gave you kind of a quick snapshot into one of his clients, you know, the first client that he did this transition with, but he's also done other clients. He's also working on other clients. He's also put on his own event with his own money and his own content and his own info. And so we're going to kind of dive into that today and we're going to pull some of that apart and try to help you understand how you might be able to transition successfully into virtual events based upon the current climate of where we're at right today. And who knows where we're going to be in the future, right? You have to be in, if you run live events or you're considering running live events, I would make the assumption that you have to absolutely have this either as a backup plan, if not a primary plan, right? So awesome. All right, listen, let's, let me ask you a couple of questions before we dive into the, into the meat and potatoes here. So are you guys are private? You've raised, you haven't raised any capital. You've bootstrapped this whole thing, I assume. Yeah, we're a cash run business, 100% owned by us. And yeah, no capital. Although if anybody wants to, just, you know, I'll give you my phone number. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Listen, can you give us a sense of scale on the size of the business? I mean, obviously prior to Corona, maybe 2019, whether that be, I don't know, number of events, revenue, employees, growth percentage, something just so people understand. You guys have been sure. doing this for 16 years. Can you draw us a picture there? Yeah, for sure. Our company does about 25 to 30 in-person live events a year. Our gross revenue is between three and three and a half million dollars a year. We have 12 full-time employees and that's essentially it. We're on the road quite a lot. I spend more time in the Atlanta airport than I do in most places because where, where I live, I go through Atlanta to get to pretty much anywhere. So yeah, we travel a lot. We love it. Spend a lot of time in hotels, a lot of time interacting with our clients, developing live events that tend to be three days in length that offer a high ticket offer and essentially allows our clients to spend three days serving at a high level so that they can sell really easily. But more importantly, over the course of the next 362 days, they can serve, right? So they sell for three days at most over the course of the year and serve the rest, which is really nice. You put all of your selling from an entire year and compress it into a three-day window. Very cool. All right, listen, let me ask you a couple of quick questions before we, before we move forward. So here's an interesting question. You know, what's a unique skill set that you have that you think has helped and contributed significantly to the success of the business, right? What's something that's, that you really are really good at 
that you think has really helped a lot? Sure. I think most, we're an event management company. The name says it, right? Sage Event Management. And most event managers, and I don't mean this to be derogatory, but for the most part, we're glorified waiters. Our clients come to us and say, we want a thing. And we then turn around and say, great, let us go get that thing, right? And one of the things that we do differently here at Sage is we approach everything from a strategy first perspective. And what that means is we look at everything through the lens of what the end result needs to be. Because we work with our clients to determine what that end result is. And then we have our eye on that end result every step of the way. So if a client comes to us and says, hey, I want to do a thing, the first thing that we say, truthfully, rather than yes, okay, is why. And it's not a question that people are used to getting from event planners, right? So the big thing that we bring to the table is strategic partnership that allows us to share with our clients what the rest of our clients are doing, right? Because we do so many events in this space every single year and we know what works. So when a client says to us, I want that thing and this is the reason why I want it, we can say, that's an interesting idea. But what we think would work better is this and here's why. So, and listen, sometimes the answer is yes, let's do it. But oftentimes we work with our clients to develop the vision to help them get what they want in the end, not in the moment. Does that make sense? Yeah, it kind of comes down to the point of sometimes customers think they know what they want and they think they know the right way to do it. But a little bit of consultive advice and a few questions can sometimes hone it in and make it even that much better, right? Yeah. The question why is just such an amazing and powerful word, right? Just one word and it says so much. Yeah, absolutely. Hey there. Sorry to interrupt this episode in progress, but I have something really cool to share with you and I promise to keep it brief. I've decided to give away $100 this week to one of my growth experts listeners. Yep, that could be you. Here's all you have to do in order to qualify for the giveaway. Take a screenshot of your phone or any device for that matter showing that you're subscribed to my Growth Experts podcast and then text it to 716-218-8981. Again, that's 716-218-8981. This will get you entered into the contest and a chance to win the $100 just for listening. Number two, for more entries to win, for more chances to win, simply share any episode of my Growth Experts podcast on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, or even Twitter but you have to tag me at Ask Dennis Brown in order for it to count as another entry. The more shares, the more entries. Okay, guys, that's it. For full details on this contest, go to askdennisbrown.com forward slash contest. Now let's get back to the show. All right, well, listen, we have a lot to unpack and we've got a short amount of time to do it. So can you peel the, the onion back a little bit further for us and help us understand how these virtual events are outperforming live events and why, why you think that is. So, you know, and then give us some steps on how somebody might be able to start considering this for their own business. For sure. So I think the main reason that virtual events are outperforming live events is because in the end, virtual events and live events are very much the same, right? In fact, they're pretty much 80% the same based on what we're seeing. About 20% is different. And that 20% comes down to technology and touch points. And with that being said, One of the big advantages to going virtual is the ability to have an expanded reach, right? I said it for our first client who did this. He had four times the amount of attendees. And, you know, we did this. We had 1,400, almost 1,400 attendees registered for our live event through cold traffic. There's very, and 
not the vast majority, but at least 20, 20 to 30% of them were outside of the United States. You have bigger reach because people don't have to get onto a plane. They don't have to get a hotel room. They don't have to get an Uber or rent a car. They don't have to talk to their family about being away from the family for five days. There's a lot less friction going virtual versus going in person. So first reason that they're outperforming is more people are checking or more people are registering. The second reason that they're outperforming is really that they provide an experience, if done right, that people just aren't used to getting. Like what's really interesting is our clients, our attendees are telling us that the networking opportunities, the interaction, and the connection and community that they get from these virtual events is actually more powerful than what they get in person. And there's a few reasons for it. But listen, in the end, people come to live events for three main reasons, right? They come for content, they come for connection, and they come for community. And if you guys are anywhere close to a piece of paper, write those down. Content, connection, and community. We call them the three C's. The first one is super easy. Content, anybody can do. I mean, you have to know your stuff, but in the end, anybody can do content online. Connection and community is a little bit harder, and that's where the touch points come in. That's where the technology comes in. And what we're using in the end may surprise people because it's not terribly sexy, but it's Zoom. And Zoom meeting is such a powerful platform because it allows people to see each other. It allows them to talk to each other. It allows you as the host to see them all and interact and talk with them. It really creates that interactive experience that pretty much every other live event platform doesn't provide. You know, it's interesting, the whole Zoom thing, I think you mentioned before we hit record, there's a difference between Zoom meeting and Zoom webinar, right? I mean, that there's a big difference there and it changes the, the engagement, correct? I mean, in the, in the sense of community. So, I mean, is that, was that a discovery? Did you just learn that? Did you try the webinar first and then no. do the Zoom meeting or you just happened to really think, hey, listen, these breakout rooms are going to be important? Well, so one of the things that we did when we first started envisioning what this experience was going to look like, we started by saying, we started by actually thinking about it from the host's perspective, right? Because we were like, all right, as an event host, standing and looking at a camera and not seeing any faces and not getting any visual or verbal feedback from the audience for three days, that's painful. Like, how are we going to fix that? And what we came up with was, you know what's interesting? In Zoom meeting, they've got this thing called gallery view where you can see 49 different people at the same time. Well, what if we used that, right? That doesn't exist in webinar because you have to, in order to see your attendees in webinar, you have to actually elevate them to participant. And you can only do that for so many people. So basically, Zoom meeting is the way to go. And we started by thinking about it from the host perspective because we wanted the host to be able to see the attendees. And all right, the you know, the thing that happened that we didn't expect but realized really quickly is, of course, with Zoom meeting, not only do they get to see the host or does the host get to see them, but they get to see each other, right? So all of a sudden, it's a more interactive experience and I'm seeing a lot of people, right? So that was the main reason that we went with Zoom. Everything that we approached when it came to the virtual events, we thought about first, we eliminated technology as a barrier and just said, is it possible, right? We want to do this thing is it possible? And once we started, stopped putting preconceived notions of what was possible with technology in front of us, stopped putting barriers in front of us, we were able to try things that, or look at things a little bit differently, look at them from a live event perspective rather than from webinar perspective. And, you know, things started happening that were pretty exciting. Like, as an example, getting 70 to 80% to 90% in some cases show up for a virtual event where webinars garner what, 15%, 20% if you're lucky? So. Yeah, let's take a quick step back because this is just something I wanted to point out. 
You mentioned the importance of that gallery view, not only for the speaker, because I think that they obviously, as a speaker, you know, you feed off your audience's energy, and that definitely is a great point. But I also think that from a retention standpoint, my gut tells me that your users stayed longer because of that really strong visual social proof, right? I mean, they see hundreds of other people potentially on this live event, and that sort of social proof, I, my assumption would it would help them stick around as opposed to not seeing that and wondering, am I the only guy or gal on here you know, consuming this in a webinar type format? Because the only time you can see that is if somebody comments a lot of times, right? You can't even tell who's on there, right? Yeah, for uh, sure. Well, I would tell you there's actually four things that we did from a show-up perspective that not only kept, had them show up, but that kept them coming back. Zoom Gallery was definitely a part of it. The, you know, we leverage Zoom's breakout functionality pretty heavily. We put people into small groups and allow them to network and interact with each other pretty consistently, actually, kind of, you know, workshop style, mastermind style exercises throughout the three days so that they not only started talking and of course we did Q&A, right, where they could, we could unmute them and they could ask questions and so on and so forth, but we also have them talking with each other, right? So if you're at a live event and the host says, we've all probably been to a live event where the host says, turn to the person next to you and share this thing, talk about this thing, right? Or if you're at a round table, they'll say, okay, here's a quick table exercise, take the next 10 minutes, go around the table and everybody share this thing for two minutes each, something along those lines. So we're recreating that experience by leveraging Zoom's breakout functionality. And that's one of the other reasons that people kept coming back so they could see each other and they could hear and talk to each other. Yeah, absolutely. I think you better get Zoom as a sponsor pretty soon because (laughs) you're driving the message home. You're driving their core message home of exactly why they developed it and why it's so valuable and probably why the stock has skyrocketed. Oh, well, for sure. You know, if only we all had a million dollars to put into Zoom stock two months ago, right? Right, right. Uh, Or actually three months ago, really. Yeah, it's really interesting. I don't think they realize how powerful a platform they have. And that's, maybe some of them do, but, you know, we're using it in a way that I don't think they envisioned when they created it. Yeah, it's really funny because I've done group coaching programs where I use Zoom and I use the gallery, but it's a small group. It's 10, 15 people. I never really thought about throwing a larger, more scaled event with it, but you've literally just opened my eyes. I mean, it's something that I absolutely want to try as opposed to a webinar format. Do the exact same type of training, right? The exact same content, just do it in a meeting format and see the difference of level of engagement. And my gut tells me exactly what you're telling me happened for you and your clients, which is the engagement is through the roof, the show ups through the roof, and the buy-in at the end, the conversions through the roof. So Beyond using Zoom and a couple of those show-up strategies like the gallery and the breakouts, what else do you think drove the success or what did you do to really you know, help your clients achieve those types of results? I mean, how else did that play out? Well, so outside of the structure that we use for our live events, which is the same structure that we're using for our virtual events, incidentally, we haven't changed a thing there. We've, there's a couple of minor, 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 minor tweaks, but when I say minor, I really mean minor. The big thing that we did was the engagement factor and really focused on that connection and community and getting people to show up. Because, you know, the first challenge when you go virtual is that, is getting people to show up. So we did four main things and I'll run through them really quickly. And if you want me to expand on them, I'm happy to expand on any of them. But the first thing that we did is unlike live event or unlike webinars, we don't provide recordings of our live events. 
So it is really a live event. If you don't show up live, you don't get access to it. Now, in some cases, there's like a VIP pass or an all access pass that's an upsell that people can buy in order to get the recordings. But on the surface, there's no recordings of the live event. Reason number one. Thing number two is we are recommending, and keep in mind, we're working with people who had live events planned, so they have a bit of a budget. We sent out a swag box to every single attendee. And that swag box is, you know, it can cost anywhere from you know, $25 on the low end to as well, really the sky's the limit. But it doesn't have to include a lot. The first client that we did this with, it included a, you know, a, a branded notebook, a little pen, some printed materials, a couple stickers, and a door hanger. And the reason that we did this was to two things. Number one, make the event tactile. Make it something they could feel and touch, right? Rather than just this ones and zeros, these bits and bytes that are happening on our screen. That's number one. But the second thing that we did, or the second reason that we did it was email sucks, right? If you get good open rates, you're at 25%. But, you know, right now, well, actually industry averages right now are up because of COVID and more people are in their email. But typically, you know, pre-COVID, good open rates were about 15%, maybe a little bit lower, typical 10 to 12, unless you have a small list, which usually tends to be bigger. But what's better? What's the best email that you could possibly get? Or what's better than a FedEx guy knocking on your door, right? And handing you a box that is like, hey, remember, you have a live event that's taking place in two days. Here you go, right? And in there, there is a little welcome letter that says, welcome to the virtual event. We're excited to have you, et cetera, et cetera. So they got a box in the mail or via FedEx that, uh, that reminded them. That was thing number two that we did. Let me, t- let me just talk really quick on that because I think that's a huge, huge, huge point mm-hmm. and I don't want to gloss over it because what you said at the beginning, and I don't know if it was at the beginning of the interview or before we hit record, you talked about, you didn't talk about a virtual event. You talked about a virtual experience. Yep. And I think that that physical, that physical piece that you mail to them is the difference between what people have preconceived notions of a virtual event with where the, maybe they've showed up to a summit of some sort, or maybe they've shown up to some sort of hangout or whatever the case may be, and it's virtual. And I think that physical product or that physical box you're sending them with whatever it is, you know what I mean? I mean, if they went to the live event, the, the event person's going to be paying for notebooks and swag anyway, because everybody who, if you go to a paid event, you're going to get a box on the way in right? Yep. Or it's going to be sitting on your chair or under your chair or somewhere, right? You're going to get that. So I think, I think the continuation of that was a really, really smart piece. So continue on. But I, I think that's a huge piece. It is. The next piece is, is just as good or just as big, which is we actually have a, a check-in process that we run every single attendee through where the final part of the check-in is them talking to a member of our team, either one-to-one or one-to-a-few, And essentially, we ask everybody to check in in the two days leading up to the live event. And it depends on how big your event is. But for us, because they're relatively large, we take two days to do it. And we did it for two reasons. Number one, we did it because we wanted to start these events with no tech issues, right? We didn't want to spend the first 30 minutes going, hey, can you hear me? Can you see me? Can you install Zoom? Blah, 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 blah. So by getting them to join a Zoom meeting before the event actually takes place. Now, admittedly, almost everybody at this point in the world has joined a Zoom meeting in the last 60 days. But for the small percentage that have not, now they have. The second thing was we welcomed them and said, welcome to the event. You know, literally, it would be like you and I are talking right now. Member of our team would say, hey, Dennis, welcome to the event. Glad you're here. Go do me a favor. 
turn on your camera, unmute yourself. Do you know how to raise your hand? Here are a couple tips and tricks for how to use Zoom. Okay, cool. And doors are, our virtual doors are going to open tomorrow morning at 10.30 a.m. Looking forward to having you with us over the course of the next three days. Talk to you later, right? So really short conversation. These, these conversations really didn't last much more than 60 seconds to 90 seconds. In some cases, they lasted a little bit longer, right? You know, maybe somebody who's a little tech challenged. But for the most part, they're fairly short questions. But to your point, now the event hasn't even started and we've done three things that completely make this different than a webinar or summit or live stream, right? No recordings. They got something in the mail that makes it real. And now they've spoken to somebody who's given them some tips and tricks on how to actually leverage the event over the course of the next three days. When was the last time you signed up for a webinar and somebody spoke to you via Zoom before the webinar took place to tell you how to get, get to be a part of it? I love that. I love that very hands-on approach. You know, what the first thing that came to mind, and I don't, it's, is what I would call that would be like a pre-event concierge, right? I mean, that's really what that is, right? I mean, you're, you're, it's like a white glove service where you're making sure they don't have any of those issues. And again, I mean, you know, it probably for you, I mean, it was, it was very hands-on, right? Because you had to have a, a, a bunch of people that were probably doing this. Not one person's going to get through 300 or 500 or 1,000 attendees, but the difference shows up in the end with people actually showing up, right? So I think the combination, I don't think it's any one thing that's doing it. And I think you would agree with that. I think it's a combination of all of those, the gallery and, you know, the pre-event swag, you know, the box they get and this, this pre-event concierge idea of what hand, you know, holding their hand through this check-in process. I mean, I love the, you took, you took the offline experience and you brought it online and I, I commend you. I mean, that's, that's huge. I mean, I think it was a risk of course, you know, for you to try something like this because it could have blown up in your face, but what do you, you know, you don't know unless you try and, and to the victor goes the spoil. So congrats on that. Well, thank you. And, and listen, yeah, it had already blown up in our face, right? So True. there's really nothing, at that point, there's nothing to lose because the alternative was shutting down. So it's kind of like, you know what? If it doesn't work, we're shutting down. <laughs> it's, it's kind of an easy, you know, we, we took a chance. There was a big gamble. You know, I think it was an educated guess. And I don't want to say we got lucky, but to a certain extent, we got lucky. Yeah, no, I love it. Well, listen, is there anything else you want to add before we, I'm going to do a couple rapid fire questions, then we're going to wrap it up for today. Anything you, else you want to add about this whole process of converting offline events into online events that can give you even better ROI? You know, I think the, the biggest thing is most people are thinking about live events virtually completely wrong. And I don't blame them. It's, it's not, <laughs> I don't mean this to sound condescending, but it's not their fault, right? When you think of virtual events, you think of webinar, you think of summit, you think of live stream. That's what you think of. So if you're going to do a extended day, you know, one day, two day, three day live event virtually, most people are just taking that format and extending it. And the thing that they have to do is rather than, and the thing that I want your audience to do, if they're going to be hosting a virtual event, don't think of it like a webinar done for two or three days. Think of it like a live event first. And from there, everything will shift for you. That's the first thing that you got to do from a uh, virtual event perspective is just think of it like a live event and all of a sudden things will change. Love it. Listen, two rapid fire questions and we're going to wrap it up for today. What's one growth tool or software, SaaS product, app, something that you use, some tool that you use to help grow your business? Samcart. Samcart, so, perfect. Samcart, yeah. We use um, Samcart for our um, online order forms. Um, there's a lot of different options out there. You've got you know, ClickFunnels, Infusionsoft, there's WooCommerce, there's Squarespace has a e-commerce platform built into it. 
I love the simplicity of Samcart. It ties into Stripe. You don't have to deal with payment gateways. And they've got a great page builder to and the ability to add one-click upsells and funnels. They have a great solution that is singular focused. And so far, what I, what I tend to see when we're looking at solutions is the more all-encompassing the solution is, the harder it is to use. What I love about Samcart is they have a, a singular focus, which is the shopping cart experience, specifically for you know, marketers and, and online entrepreneurs. And it works really, really nicely. Um, we use it, recommend it all the time. Love it. And what would be one book maybe you've read that's helped you along your journey or you think might help the audience on theirs? Oh, crud. Does Game of new, Thrones new count? New or old. New does or Game old. Of, does Game of Thrones count? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, uh, you binge that on Netflix probably. Or yeah, on, probably. Uh, yeah. No, um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of what it's called. Uh, the, the one that is about one focus, you, you got me. I'm trying to remember what it is, but it, the book, and I'll have to find it. Let's, let's just say you'll include it in the show notes because I'll give it to you after, after this. But essentially, it's a book that helps you to focus on one thing rather than focusing on a bunch of things. And, you know, one of the things the that- The one I'm, thing. Is, it, is that what it's called? Is it yeah. called the one thing? I think it might be the one thing. Yeah. And the, there was a part in it that really, really, really stuck for me, which was even the, the most powerful supercomputers out there like the most amazing chips that are out there really don't actually multitask. They just do so many tasks so darn quickly that it gives the illusion of multitasking. So I really, that hit, that hit home for me. That was one of the books that I've read in the last couple of years that really has stuck with me. And I, I no longer, I mean, I'm not sure I do it every day, but I try for the most part to not do multiple things simultaneously. I just focus on one thing until it's done and then move on to the next thing. So I, I, I loved that book. I thought it was great. If I could only remember, if that's what it's called, then fantastic. Yeah, no worries. I'll, I'll make sure I include it in the show notes. And listen, I really appreciate you being here, Blue. Let everybody know how they can connect with you, learn more about Sage, and then we're going to wrap it up for today. Yeah, sounds great. Well, if you uh, want to connect with us, you can reach out you know, just by email, events at poweredbysage.com. Always happy to have a conversation about virtual events or live events if they're back. And if you're thinking about a virtual event and want to know more about those four show-up strategies that we use, we have a free resource that you can find at sagehub.com. Uh, it's an ebook and video um, that goes along with it that shows you exactly what those four strategies are that we use and how you can use them in your virtual event. Love it. Anybody listening to this, you absolutely should get that download because it's going gonna, it's gonna to concrete everything we went over today, I'm sure. And so listen, really, really appreciate you being here. Have an awesome day. Stay safe. And I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Dennis. Appreciate you having me. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.